Hey everybody, welcome back to Metamorphosis Podcast. It's Jennifer and Val, and we are talking again about Val's book because we just kind of opened it up last week and, and looked at a little bit of the beginning of it, and it's so exciting because um, Val, you've never set out to like to be an author in your life. Has that ever been on your list of dreams? Nope, <laughs> not for a second. <laughs> So we're, you know, we really feel like this is a topic that is going to benefit a lot of people and we want to really put the value out there so that people understand what they're going to get from it, give you some of the tidbits from it that you can start using right now in perspective. Um, but just to start off, you want to tell us, I don't know if we really got very deep into this in the last episode where we, where we did kind of intro the book and what it's about, but you want to tell us what, like what really happened that caused you to even begin to want to write this book? Well, you know, when, um, when I was still doing hair and I just knew that it was time to leave my job and I'd started having like crazy allergic reactions to the hair color. I mean, it was just, you know, it was crazy, all the stuff that was going on. And so I did, I quit my job and felt like a huge step. And, um, right after I quit my job, this idea just dropped in my spirit and I knew that it had to be a book. All this, information and these tools that I had learned over the last couple of years and really that we had walked through together, um, I knew it needed to be in book form. People needed this information because it's really hard to transform without seeing yourself differently. And I knew that if we could put it in book form, it would just be more accessible to um, more people. So it's just really another step in the journey that I've been on following identity, searching for identity, um, making sure that understand my value and my worth and then other people do too. So each year has brought a new level. Um, you know, we've done the podcast and then, you know, we quit jobs and, um, you know, that jobs that were harmful to my health and, um, you know, now the book and, you know, who knows what's next. I'm not really sure what the next step is, but I just know that I keep adding, we both do to these tools of helping people realize their worth and, you know, encouraging them to take care of themselves because they're worth it. You know, that concept of something, dropping in your spirit. I think that both of us have experienced that. The podcast is actually kind of born mm-hmm. out of that. It wasn't, I mean, it was not like we sat down and watched a webinar on how to start a podcast <laughs> and thought analytically, like this would be a good thing. Uh-huh. It uh-huh. was just, we both started talking about it at the same time and had no idea, you know, the other was thinking about it. And some people had even like told you Val, you need to, you know, start a podcast. Um, we had, mutual connections of people who had the knowledge to start a podcast resources started showing up all around us in our inbox and everywhere about starting a podcast um so it was just like it was this thing that like it just dropped down where nothing we had ever considered before but we had a message to share it was weighing heavily on us that we wanted to share it with more people but we mm-hmm. didn't even know where to start and then all of a sudden this opportunity presents itself and we go to work to figure out how to make it happen so that's kind of how the book happened for you you had this message you know inside of you that it had changed your perspective on your life from the inside out and you just knew it had to be in book form yeah absolutely no question about it it's crazy you know we we talk about this Val and I are not the best planners in the world we we will strategize a bit about something when you put it to the plan and it has to become like this checklist we're like well that's that's just no fun Uh and we've matured in that a lot we've I mean you don't finish a book without holding yourself accountable um but we're just not those five-year planners and every time I've ever tried to be 
when it was something really important to my life, like a, like a message I felt like would change other people's lives. Um, anytime I tried to control it too much or tried to argue with reason about why I should or shouldn't do it or, mm-hmm. well, I'll do it, but I'm not quitting this income opportunity that pays my bills. Right. Every time we've ever tried to do that, it's backfired on us. Every time. Every time. Every time. <laughs> And the only things that have ever worked for us were the things that we just knew so clearly in our spirit that it had to be done. And we just kind of went for it and figured it out and fumbled through it as we went. So it's that place of flow, you know, like the idea comes and you start rolling with it um, versus trying to like strategize something that you don't have the the download or the, that, thing that drops in your spirit when you, you know, it just flows better when it just drops in your spirit. You're like, okay, I got to do this. Or when it drops and you try to ignore it or hold it too long and say, well, let me safeguard it with all of the, (laughs) all of the things to make sure it works. Like you almost kill it and strangle it and suffocate it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So looking back at the book last week, we talked about the word picture. Do you care to recap what that is and why it's so important to this book and the whole concept? Absolutely. So a lot of times, um, in general, many of us have not been taught how to like properly analyze how we feel about things. Like we know we feel like crap, but we're not quite sure why or what's going on to make us feel that way. Um, so, you know, I feel like for most people now, it's like, we're, there's so many things that we're you know, managing and handling and a lot of weight on us and stress. And, um, you know, it's almost like we get so used to it. It's like a, you know, frog being boiled slowly. Like we just end up having all this weight on us and we don't even realize that it, that we're drowning, you know, um, except that we're stressed and overwhelmed and tired. Um, so what the word picture does, and this is what we work through in chapter one is finding your word picture is it helps you take your feelings and your thoughts and use your imagination to really determine how you feel about your life or the circumstances in your life. Um, it helps you determine how you feel overall. Um, like for me last week, I talked about how my word picture was the rat being held upside down, um, by the tail and what, you know, I knew when I saw that picture that it was how I felt because I felt trapped and, you know, like I was flailing and trying to accomplish all these things and nothing was working and I couldn't get any traction. So I just felt like unsupported and alone. And, um, and so it's really helping people get their own word picture so that they can really determine how they feel and, and then measure that against truth because our feelings are not true truth always, you know, yeah, isn't it funny how you'll look for words to describe how you feel and you can't find them? But if you just let your brain paint the picture, like mm-hmm. this little illustrated scene of where you are, mm-hmm. it comes up with exactly the metaphorical scenario yeah. for how you feel. And then you can put it into words and connect it to all of the things in your life that are causing you to feel that way. It's really, it's really cool how it opens. Yeah. Up. Cause you know, honestly, if you had asked me if I felt unsupported and alone and all that, you know, at the time I probably would have been like, no, I'm fine. Um, I'm fine. But I, <laughs> right. But I did feel that way. I just didn't realize it until I pictured, you know, till I saw that picture of the rat and I was like, oh gosh, I'm a rat. <laughs> okay. And so once people get their word picture, that's like the whole first part of the book. And it's probably like, you know, it's this big climactic, whoa, huge realization in your life. Where does the book go next? 
Okay, so in chapter two, we really dig into the goodness of God, and we talked about this a little bit last week too, but basically, um, you know, only 22% of people, um, based on a study done years ago, um, only 22% of people see God as a companion, um, good, uh, uh, you know, basically a friend who, who cares for them deeply. Um, and so, you know, we're really just analyzing, like, what do you know about God versus, like, you know, what you can know all these things, but if you don't actually believe it in your heart, um, that really matters. So, you know, we're really looking at the goodness of God so that, um, you can take the instances in your life and trust him enough to hand him those instances. So we're just really building our faith journey on in chapter two, like really looking at some of the names of God and the characteristics of God and, you know, really getting those deep in our hearts so that as we move through the rest of the book, we can feel comfortable handing him um, believing what he says about us and handing him our circumstances that, that we need breakthrough in. You know, I've, I have found working with people that people often will use their own personality traits and they will see those things about God. And they'll like, you know, people argue all the time. Like, no, God is a loving God. No, God is a justice. He's a God of justice. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It's really, you identify with kind of what your personality filter is. Sure. God, but when you take all of the scripture, you're like, well, yes, he is that. And he's this, and he's this. And like, you get the full picture, you know, it's, it's helpful. What, what word or name of God or description of God do you feel like you identified with, or was the most, what was, which one was the most game changing for you when you fully accepted, oh, he is this too? You know, I think for me, it was Jehovah Ezer and that is God our helper, but it's really the, that Ezer is really a military context, like a, like a, you know, he's your shield in front of you and behind you. So when you're, you know, facing battles, like, like he is not just your helper in the sense of like, hey, he's going to help you out. Like he's actually fighting your battles for you. If, if you'll let him, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if you'll get out of the way, mm -hmm. he, he's fighting your battles for you. You just often don't see it because you're so busy meddling up in it because we're so stinking controlling. Um, I know I am. And I, I can say that I've worked with enough people. We are all controlling beings. Um, and so it's really hard to get out of his way and let him actually work things out for us. Yeah. Um, and so to me, that was just the one that like, I'm like, you're right. You are my helper. Like I've seen it over and over and over again. And the more, I'm willing to hand him my situations and step out. I see him helping me. And it's not that he wasn't helping me all along. It's just when I step out of it and yeah. own what's mine to own versus what is his to own, the help comes in a much quicker fashion. Well, kind of back to the jobs and stuff, when you're trying to argue and overanalyze mm -hmm. something that's in your heart to do, you end up fighting for your own security and that just sabotages for sure the whole, the whole flow of it. Yeah. Um, but if we don't understand that he's good, we'll never trust him to hand him the situations of our life. So really the chapter two is kind of a foundational chapter of like, you may know God is good, but let's really look at how good he is. Just because if you're going to trust him, you gotta, you gotta believe that he's a hundred percent for you. Yeah. We, we have listeners from all walks of life on the podcast. And so you may not even know that right. you may sure. not have any picture of, of God's goodness. Maybe you've only heard of justice or you know a, even a, a like an untruth that you just felt like he's distant or or whatever so it's really cool to see when it all well, that chapter also addresses like you know some of the reasons you may not be able to see God correctly like maybe your father 
that was kind of a broken relationship. And so it can be hard when that relationship is broken to see God with, through the correct lens. And so it's, it's just kind of under, like helping people understand like this may be why you're a little bit off in your view of God. And that's totally okay because you have so much to gain mm-hmm. once you learn how good he is. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. And then from what I have seen in the book, this is probably my favorite part after the word picture. I mean, the goodness of God is necessary. You know, it's, it's more, you're kind of like reading through information, but this is probably my favorite part of the book. Cause I think, I think I relate to it because we're, you know, you get into identity and you use a particular Bible story to explain how we can be sitting in a situation that is not meant for us, but God doesn't push an easy button and pull us out of it because he has something to grow us through so that we see what he sees. Yeah. And so that's the story of Gideon. You want to, you want to run through that? Yeah. So um, in the book, I really break Gideon's story down Um, in Judges 6. We meet Gideon and he's just one of my favorite Bible friends. And um, he is, you know, hiding out in a wine press because the Israelites at this point um, in time had been, um, they had just been like beaten down by the Midianites for years and years and years. And, you know, they would steal all their crops and abuse, you know, just basically like keep them, you know, terrified. And so Gideon was hiding out in the wine press trying to um, hide food so that he could, um, his family would have, you know, food. And God shows up and basically, you know, Gideon, I love, he's like, where have you been? You know, we've been like asking for help for all these years. Like, where have you been? And God's basically like, well, you know, if you remember correctly, like you guys got yourself into this mess and, but I'm here and you're actually going to be who saves Israel out of out from the Midianites. And, and at the time Gideon's like, who me, you know, like, and when God addresses him, he says mighty warrior. And, you know, Gideon's like, now, wait a second. I'm the least in my clan. I am hiding out right now, threshing, you know, wheat. And God's like, no, you're, you're going to do it. You're going to save Israel and I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to walk you through the process because you are a warrior. And I just loved it because, you know, Gideon, here he is. He thinks he's the least. Um, He thinks he's the smallest. And God's like, nope, you're a mighty warrior. And I'm going to use you to save um, your, your people. So it's just so cool to watch his transformation from feeling, you know, he had to have felt at that time abandoned and alone and, you know, um, scared and full of anxiety. And instead God's like, nope, you're the warrior. And we're about to defeat um, the Midianites and save your people. So, so cool. You mentioned he had been beaten down by the Midianites. And I did a little word study a couple years ago on what the word Midianites, what it was symbolic for. Mm -hmm. And the culture was symbolic for striving, which is Mm -hmm. working way too hard. And basically you create your own trouble. Yeah. And and then like to sandwich that story after God calls him the mighty warrior and he sends him to battle, his army gets stripped down from 30,000 down to 300 mm-hmm. as God removed all of the ones who were, you know, too fearful to basically obey mm-hmm. and, you know, go for it. Um, he then removed all of the ones that were not like aware and watching. And so he did a, he performed a miracle with Gideon and defeated the Midianites, which is symbolic of striving mm-hmm. with a very tiny crew. They shouldn't have been able to do it on their own, but it was their, the trust and like that faith to step forward into that calling. Absolutely. 
That was the miracle. Well, you know, that's scary. Even if God says, do this and I'll be with you, it still doesn't take the scariness away. Yeah. But what I, what I love is that Gideon still walked it out and, you know, God gave him this new identity um, and basically said, you're not who you think you are. You're so much better. And all throughout scripture, God is telling us the same thing. We just typically have so much emotional baggage that we don't see it. So the purpose of this chapter is to tell you what God says you are. And um, I have to tell you what God says you are is pretty freaking awesome. And, but if you don't know it, then you're operating like Gideon. You think you're the least in the clan and you're, you're actually a mighty warrior. And so it's just kind of going through the different pieces of your identity um, to help you understand that like you actually can get the victory too. Um, you just need to realize who you are. And so once you've got that hope of like, oh my goodness, I wonder what God says about me. <laughs> yeah. Um, then you've got your word picture. You know how you feel it's kind of like a, a harsh realization of where you yeah. actually feel like you are beaten down. Then you get this hope of if Gideon was a warrior with no proof, no reason, he had no background, you know, mm -hmm. then what does God say about me? And so then you take people through a cool, a cool process. You want to explain that? Yeah. So the trade, um, we actually, uh, Jennifer was the one who introduced this to me. Um, it's a process that um, different, a group at her church uses uh, called, uh, freedom prayer. And the trade is basically a process of taking the, the instances in your life, the, um, emotions that you feel, the way you feel about things that maybe don't line up with what God says about you and trading those in, giving them to God, surrendering them to him and letting him redefine the situation or redefine who you are. Um, it, you know, it's letting that emotional baggage go and letting him completely redefine what, what your situation is. So, um, it is to me the most powerful tool. Um, I have used the trade over and over and over again, because a lot of times, like we, we ask God for help and we beg him to help us and we pray a lot, but we don't know how to actually release mm -hmm. our feelings and our struggle. You know, I think for a lot of Christians, it's like, well, we don't want to say, that we are unhappy about something because we don't want to seem ungrateful. And, you know, God may just be using this, allowing this for my good and, you know, all that junk. And it's like, no, take it to him. Tell him exactly how you feel. Let him speak a fresh word into your situation. And he absolutely will. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you have this whole new, like you're a warrior when he does that, like it changes the whole perspective. And we've done this. So we created this entire prayer journal, um, based on the trade. It's the 21 day journal that, that we offer on the um, website. And you, you know, we have essential oil protocols you can use to help you work through the process, but um, it's such a powerful tool. And, and gosh, I mean, I, I literally was using it at four o'clock this morning. <laughs> I've, I've traded everything in. <laughs> and, then comes, and then comes, yeah, I would say the hardest part. Yeah. Once you've heard the truth of it, it's then daily. Like, I think the moment you hear the truth, it's so, there's just such an, like, a feeling of elation that comes with it because like, Oh God doesn't actually want me to feel like this. And I'm not sitting around waiting for him to just magically zap my situation and change it. He's got something to bring through me. You know, I've just got to know what it is. Mm -hmm. Hang on to it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Hang on to the right thing. And then it just becomes that daily walking it out, which is what we talk about all the time. Absolutely. But 
for people who have maybe followed our podcast and were if we if we didn't you know explain this process this foundational process that we started walking through you know i can see where people might have used tools or and they're and they're all very useful but they only have like a short term effect mm-hmm. if you're missing this well i think if you're trying to think from a higher perspective um and you're trying to pull what hasn't come into your reality into your reality yet <laughs> but you know it's coming you just haven't seen it yet um, I think you have to have a plan of action to keep you, um, to keep you above all the noise. You know, it's like right now, one example would be like, you know, if, if watching the news, if getting on Twitter, if, um, you know, all of those things make you an anxious wreck, then have the boundary to stop watching it. Like, you know, like it's like putting those things in, in play that, that you need to do daily to keep yourself above with supernatural sight, you know, understanding that like, you're not going to get a different um, perspective on things if you just stay stuck in the same old, you know, ways of culture that just keep you like full of anxiety, full of stress. Um, You have to manage yourself a little bit. And so it's like once you've gotten the ability to find truth on a situation and hear it clearly, Mm -hmm. there's really no more room for ignorance and just, and to invite those problems back into your life. Right. 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 And it really is our responsibility to manage it. So like, you know, if there, as I was writing the book, I mean, there were days where I was like, Oh, time to write. Who's going to read anything I have to say? Like, I'm not a writer. I'm not a, you know, like, who am I to talk about this stuff? Um, I had to have a plan to be like, no, you know, this is who I am. This is the assignment I have. If God, you know, brought me to this, I can do it. And so I'm going to listen to this podcast or I'm going to do this specific meditation. Like I'm going to do the things that keep me above reality, you know, bringing that kingdom perspective so that I can actually complete the task I was called to. I saw um, a meme. I was on social media for a few minutes today and I saw a meme that said when God wrote this, the plan or the story of your life, he included all of your like dumb mistakes. Like he, he factored that in. He knew. Yeah. Yeah. And so same thing, like when he called Gideon a warrior, he's like, no, I know you're not actually that capable. I'm putting all of this in you. I'm going to make it happen. You don't have to perform or be perfect or you don't have to worry so much. The the moment you find yourself putting pressure on it is the moment you've forgotten that I'm working through you Mm -hmm. and I'm calling you to this. So you don't have to have all of the, you know. Yeah. I mean, really at the end, it's like, relax. He's Mm -hmm. got it. And all of the tools in the last chapter are the the reminder of don't go back into that same mechanism that you've been taught your whole life. You know, that, that programming that we are so full of, which is stress, push, strive, Mm -hmm. um, you know, emotional baggage. No, let all that go and continually take responsibility to know that, that like you can think higher than that. Well, that's been our motto. You do have mm-hmm. choices. You do have power. You, you're, right. never, you're never actually stuck. It's just, you know, what are you, what are you relying on? Is it right. um, your ability to control and fix the situation? Or can you just find peace and let mm-hmm. everything on the outside match to align that peace on the inside? Yeah. So Val's book comes out in July and I'm so excited. I've, so many people are like chasing you down, like commenting <laughs> Val, when does it come out? And um, I can see this being really helpful for people, just individuals, but also really 
helpful in groups. I think that us talking this out with each other has been one of the most helpful things over the past couple of years. We have learned so much just in the saying it out loud, bouncing it off mm-hmm. of another person. And so I think this would be great for, you know, book clubs, studies, um, small groups and churches, churches, um, whatever kind of groups you're connected with, finding people to do this with you'd be really cool. So July 1st on Amazon, or you can uh, find it on Val's website, valpetty.com, which is not ready or released yet. No, (laughs) it will probably come out the day the book comes out. (laughs) I'm still in construction mode on that. (laughs) Valpetty.com whenever it's ready. Um, And then as always, you can find us on social media. Val Petty is the essential joyologist, or you can find her as Val Petty on Instagram. Um, And then I am rootedinlove.co. That's the Instagram name. And then the Facebook group is Rooted in Love Collective. And you can find resources, especially related to using natural tools like essential oils to help you be more clear, to be more intentional and manage those feelings that you want to, you know, trade and remember they're not always truth and they're not always aligned to your, your destiny and really working them to align your, align your feelings to these thoughts that are related Mm -hmm. to your destiny and getting those to work together instead of against each other. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're all about. Every podcast episode is about that. Every resource and tool we ever share in our social media is, has always got that goal behind it. Um, so yes, you can find Val's website, valpetty.com. I already mentioned that, or my website is rootedinlove.co. So those are lots of places you can find us and dig into things. Um, as well as our podcast website, which is valengine.com. So we have lots of places. (laughs) One of these days when we're like professional at this and not just winging it, we will be more (laughs) streamlined. (laughs) Yes. Streamlined. So anyway, yeah, just, yeah, go, just do a big Google search on us. You'll probably find us somewhere. (laughs) That's right. We're all over the place these days.